Hey, it's Elle. And Anna. And you're listening to the Baby Project Podcast. In this podcast, we will discuss our journeys, as well as other warriors going through the ups and downs of infertility. Um, there's ups? <laughs> yes, there's ups. Okay. As a reminder, be kind to yourself and skip as needed. We know some topics may be triggering. Let's get talking. This is episode 14, Made with Love and Science. We can order packages for everyday essentials, but what about those of us who are going through IVF that need a little TLC? We have the creator of Love and Science who ships these IVF care packages throughout Australia, Elise, who is a dental nurse, a Marvel movie enthusiast, will be sharing her IVF story with us today. Welcome. Thank you, Elise, for for being with us today. Let's sort of um, jump into things and we'll start from the beginning. How how did you guys meet? What is your what's your love story? So our love story is so my best friend in high school, um, you know, we've known each other for a long time. It's her brother. (laughs) Oh, my Ah. God. We're still best friends. She was, you know, my bridesmaid in our wedding. And it's like, you know, I've got a, another extended family that I've been, I've known for a really long time. So, yeah, <laughs> a bit awkward for her at first <laughs> and me. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been a little bit of a transition there. <laughs> yeah. But we've known each other, we've known each other for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> How did she take it when you told her? Hey, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm into your brother. Yeah, at first it was, we. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we didn't know what to do because he asked me out and I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Especially when you're so close to someone, right? You don't want to ruin that friendship if the exactly. relationship doesn't work out and, or other way around that sort of thing, right? Yeah, but it worked out really well so far. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> So how long was it until like you dated and then decided on on marriage? I think we were probably together for about a year, mm. a year, a year or two, um, and then he proposed. I was like a lot younger. We're, we're about five years age difference, mm. and uh, he proposed out of nowhere. Like I didn't even expect anything at all, and. Yeah, it was. We weren't even talking about marriage, so it, it was a very big surprise when he did pop the question. And, yeah. Oh my goodness, that must have been so fun. But it was good because she helped him pick the ring. She knows what I like, like so it was very helpful having your best friend as <laughs> part of the family. Yeah, she's your insider. <laughs> so she already knew about the ring. She had to keep that from you, and you guys probably tell each other everything. Yes, I was shocked. Yes, it was like the biggest surprise. <laughs> it's very hard to surprise me too. <laughs> oh, that's so good. What about family planning? Like, did you guys talk about kids or how soon after did you guys decide? Yeah, so when we got married, um, it was always something that we had wanted. We, our kind of plan was to buy a house and settle down and have kids together and everything. Um, and we always wanted to do that, you know, in order, kind of buy mm-hmm. your house, and settle in and start having kids. So um, kind of when we got to that stage where we had bought our house and we were ready mm-hmm. and then nothing was happening for a while. 
that we were starting to get a bit like, uh oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> A, a while, like, was it a few years or? Yeah, so when we bought our house, it was um, 2015. Um, we'd been saving up for ages, living with my mother-in-law and, you know, she helped us out so we could get into our house. Mm-hmm. And um, 2015, we were probably all settled in and we started trying. And um, it's hard for me because I, I knew that I had polycystic ovaries and there was difficulty there, but I wasn't sure how bad it was going to be until probably like two years in. And I was like, like, this isn't happening properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when we started the doctors and seeing the specialists and going down that route of figuring out what's going on. Mm. Um, Before you sort of went to see the doctors and stuff with your PCOS, like how did you know you had it? How, did you do you have like symptoms or, or yeah yeah like um just really irregular periods mm-hmm. and like the fluctuating weight and things like that um yeah just all the hormone kind of issues that come with PCOS all yeah. the fun stuff yeah all the really fun stuff yeah yeah <laughs> everyone wishes they had yes yeah <laughs> so you went to the doctor and then yeah, ended up so, doing an ultrasound and then telling you that you had PCOS? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's when they kind of, I don't know how it works in Canada, but in, over here, like they kind of get you to try naturally for a year before they get you to see a specialist and um, start you on that track of, um, you know, fertility um, specialists and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's the same here. If you're under 35... Um, yep. They recommend trying naturally for a year and then over 35 is around six months. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Similar. Yeah. In Australia, do you guys have like, is it covered? Yes. Yeah, so that's what um, I was actually really lucky with is um, in Melbourne, they have their first like bulk build IVF practice opened um, around 2019, 2018, 2019, I think. Mm. Um and I was super lucky that's where I got to go through. Otherwise, privately, it just costs a fortune, like, <laughs> to get through. So I did start privately, ended up going through the bulk build, like, covered process with Medicare and stuff like that. Oh. oh. Yeah. So I was very lucky. The timing just fit very nicely. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look like let's fill in the gap from when you guys started. You went to go seek out treatment, and then so you ended up at IVF. What sort? Did you try anything in between, or did you just jump yes. to it? No, we went. Um, I was at a like a specialist private practice for about a year and a half, doing ovulation induction. Um, you know, taking Clomid and stuff like that, trying to get me to ovulate on my own mm-hmm. and. My body just doesn't want to do that <laughs> at all. Um, yeah, so my my doctor would say, you just have really stubborn ovaries. They just don't want to <laughs> help you. <laughs> so um, after about five or six goes of that, that's when he kind of sat me down and was like, I think we're going to have to look at IVF. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> it's not something that you really want to do. But, you know, I remember um, I was listening to your podcast the other day and you were saying how like you didn't, it's like these stages where you didn't want to do it, but then you start thinking about it and looking into it and reading up and Googling it. And then you end up like, all right, you kind of like 
set your mindset into that. Yeah. So I, yeah. That's what I, I went into as well. <laughs> I'm never going to do IVF. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds so similar to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're thrust into a world of things you never yeah, expected. Definitely. And at that stage, like, I knew no one that had done IVF before. Mm-hmm. So I just was like, I didn't even know, like, who do I talk to about this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the good, like, online community, like, on Facebook and Instagram. And yeah. I found that really helpful because not knowing one, like, someone, like, personally that's done it is very hard to, like, no one understands it unless you've done it. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, that's great that at least you found that online community to rely on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a very big like Googler and digger and I'll just find information wherever I can. So when you guys were going through the process, um, how, like, how were you doing? What was your emotions? What were your thoughts? Like constantly getting these negatives over and over again every month, right? When you were doing the ovulation kits Mm -hmm. and speaking to Mm -hmm. the specialists and, you know, leading up to the, like the IVF, how did you feel? Before like fertility treatment and IVF, I didn't really consider myself like an emotional person or a big crier. (laughs) And I don't know if it's the meds or <laughs> all that stuff, but I like did not cope like with the crying. Like I just would cry constantly for no reason at the drop of a hat. Like for, it was just insane. I found that part very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work full time with a big office of women and constantly there's like three or four pregnancies a year mm. to be like thrown into that as well oh. <laughs> and I'll just be like crying in a corner on my own yes that was me in the bathroom yes <laughs> like I'm an ugly crier like just blotchy red it was very embarrassing and traumatic <laughs> definitely so so hard because it like infertility bleeds into every aspect of your life Yes. Mm-hmm. So when you think so that, oh, I can go to work and shut it off and not think about it, you know, like you said, if you work with women of, you know, childbearing years, that's yeah. the natural progression of life when you get to a certain age. Yeah. You know, and it's everywhere. You. Everywhere. Everywhere you yeah, look, you everywhere. see it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. You go to the shops or, you know, you walk in down the street and there's someone with a pram or a pregnant belly and you just lose it yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I'm gonna fast forward a second I don't want to ruin your story but I want to fast forward does that feeling ever go away I'd like to know the answer to this yeah (laughs) I'm not on the other side yet (laughs) it it does but it still kind of lingers there that it's so easy for some people but it was so hard for you yeah that's that's a tricky part to deal with still you know Oh, it only took us one go, like, oh, mm. you know, good on you. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's still hard to deal with when it takes other people so long and, like, you go through so much. Yeah. So I guess it still kind of stings, but it doesn't maybe burn as long as what it does definitely. while you're actually in yeah. it. Definitely, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind a little sting. We can handle that after everything that yeah. we've been through, right? Of we course. can handle that. So we we were at the point where um, you're moving in towards now <clears throat> IVF. Yep. Um, yes, yeah, so that's when we um, I decided 
after seeing the private specialist that I was going to try this new practice um, because we could not afford <laughs> the private one for one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started with a new doctor and his wife had polycystic ovaries and like they just, um, he got it straight away. Like he knew and he set that program and I was very confident with him almost immediately. Um, so yeah, and that's when we started there was um, 2019. We started our first round of IVF. So that connection that you had with that doctor was much different than the the previous doctors yeah, that you definitely. had yeah. yeah yeah it's just I, so I important know. to have that trust definitely yeah and just to be able to talk to them like sometimes you can have a conversation with them and sometimes they're just it's different you're a number yeah yeah I'm struggling with that right now like I like mm-hmm. her but then like I hear the stories that you say and what else and like you have this connection with them like am I forcing my connection am I forcing this relationship to work but it's not really working it's you not me like it's me not you I don't know but yeah yeah I think once once I found this guy and I think he just made me so confident that like Mm because he's just like gonna happen and I was like okay let's (laughs) let's make it happen I was just gonna add that I think that when you're like going through your rough patch of when, you know, things aren't working out or you're Mm -hmm. unsure in which direction you want to take because if you have a few options in front of you, whether it be like, let's try these different tests or um, you're trying to pivot because things are not working. It's, I think it's difficult on the entire, you know, your entire care team and yourself and your partner the most. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's sometimes you feel disconnected even when, if you do have a good relationship with your, with your team, Mm -hmm. because you're, you're pissed off. Let's call it what it is. You're angry. So you don't know who to blame. So let's blame the physician because they're, they're the ones that are going to make it happen for us, you know, in our mind. I definitely found that towards the end with that first physician. I definitely felt that. I remember leaving the building after he um, told us, I think we're going to have to stop this and do IVF. And I just like drove, drove home crying and I was supposed to go back to work. And I just went detoured, went straight home because I thought I can't handle this today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so hard. Mm-hmm. So you ended up, you ended up going the IVF path. Yes. How, how was that for you? <laughs> um, it was full on, um, had some ups and downs with, you know, egg retrieval, and um, so I, my issue is I don't, I have a lot of eggs. I, they just didn't want to ovulate. So egg retrieval, they took quite a lot out. Um, but also during that procedure, I had um, ish, breathing issues mm-hmm. and I stopped breathing and oh, like wow. had a lot of like health issues during that procedure. Um, so coming out of that was like traumatizing. Yeah. Uh, was fainting and passing out and I was the first one in that morning and I was the last one to leave and I said that it would be a basic procedure where women go to work afterwards and I was like not me (laughs) (laughs) holy yeah it was not a fun day um but yeah I think I was happy to get as many as I did and thinking like oh I really don't want to do that part again right yeah a bit traumatizing leading up to that day like how did the injections go like did you inject yourself did you have any wicked side effects so when we first started the injections 
it was kind of a the first night was a do I do I do it do you want to do it we <laughs> <laughs> didn't know <laughs> then I thought, rock paper oh. scissors <laughs> yeah, but I ended up doing it myself because I just thought oh I don't I don't know how you're gonna be so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it myself yeah yeah so they weren't as bad as what I thought it was gonna be but there's a lot of them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I, to be fair, like I didn't find the needles as bad as what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's more the emotional part of like the how it affects your hormones and yeah, kind of. Do you so, remember any big like side effects at all, or not? Not really. Um, well, I did get the um, the hyperstimulation after egg retrieval, so mm-hmm. I was quite well um afterwards because i was just yeah blown up like a balloon yeah i feel like a bullfrog yeah and at my work um leading up to my week of egg retrieval um we had like a charity day where you wear your jeans to work it's jeans for jeans day yeah and um i just couldn't fit in any of my jeans because i was just like a balloon and i a lady from work lent me a pair of maternity jeans to wear <laughs> because I just couldn't fit in anything. <laughs> no. Like a kick in the face. Like, right. oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I want to cry right now <laughs> for you. Oh my gosh. Was your yeah. partner able to come in um, with you for the egg retrieval? So he wasn't in the room, but he was, cause he had to do his, um, um, sample at yeah. the same time doing that and he said he went across the road to McDonald's and had breakfast <laughs> <laughs> not knowing that I'm not well <laughs> oh. yeah he's still a bit guilty afterwards <laughs> oh my goodness he's having a lovely breakfast <laughs> meanwhile you're having difficulties breathing <laughs> oh my god oh. yeah <laughs> so, that was a fun drive home he felt a bit <laughs> I guess every clinic kind of does it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, what their um, sort of plan is for the egg retrieval day. With the two times that we did IVF, the first time my husband did it first while I was getting prepped. So they did the IV and you know were getting me set up and changed and whatever. And then and then he joined us for the procedure. And then the second time, while I was they were done while I was out and they were kind of like. I was coming sort of back more awake um, after the procedure. Then he went and provided his sample. Oh, so it was kind of so yeah. on the end of it. Yeah. So that yeah. way they could be there with you. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That is nice. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, right. To have your partner there. <gasps> yeah. So how yeah. many, your, your grand total, how many eggs did you get? Um, so I had 27 taken out. Wow. But they said that was half because they were going to take more than I had the breathing difficulties and stuff. So they were going for more. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, probably why I wasn't well afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would um, say. And then I had uh, 17 fertilized and 10 mature. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So that awesome. was wonderful. That was great numbers. It was kind of like. <laughs> worth all that drama yeah Yeah. and with those little guys did you do the did you go the route of genetic testing as well um so with our clinic um I think that was an extra option um but we didn't 
feel the need to do genetic testing and in Australia you can't choose gender there's no gender selection or anything like that so mm-hmm. um yeah we just kind of froze them and well, we had to do frozen um tra- like a, a frozen embryo transfer because I had the um OHSS afterwards so mm-hmm. it was kind of like I couldn't go in back after day five Mm-mm. um I had to wait another two cycles before I could go in again mm. so that was not a fun wait. <laughs> no, I was like, how was? I was going to say, how was that waiting for two cycles? Yeah, that was just really like you just kind of like I just want to go in now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I knew like my body needed to calm down as well because mm-hmm. I knew I was just like very sick afterwards. <laughs> yeah. How, how long did it take for your like for you to kind of feel a little bit more like yourself again after after the retrieval? Um probably like a few weeks mm-hmm. um because about a, a good week afterwards I was in a lot of pain and um just bedridden really and yeah. my like work I was expecting to go back to work that week so I was kind of calling them like um sorry I'm not happy. <laughs> but they were actually they're actually very good too like they they knew what I was going through um so they were very supportive which is great yeah um but yeah I think it was a few weeks before I felt a bit better after egg retrieval yeah. oh it's my gosh <laughs> it's the worst <laughs> did you have to like stay sitting up was it was it painful to lie down yeah it was just yeah and just moving in general is not fun yeah so uncomfortable yeah my gosh so you had said that like your work <clears throat> was kind of aware um did you so you told like did you tell them prior did people kind of know your your the journey you were on so with my work we work in like little teams so Mm -hmm. my little team that I work with where there's about six women um most of them knew just because I was constantly in and out of work like I couldn't Mm -hmm. hide it for a long time because I would just Mm -hmm. duck out to an appointment then come back in so Mm -hmm. after a little while it was hard to hide yeah um basically only my small team and my manager knew what was going on because I didn't want to announce it to like 70 other people oh yeah <laughs> like what you're going through <laughs> and I couldn't even really bring it up or talk about it without crying I don't know Aww. that was just part of the meds <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um, as soon as I mentioned it I would just be like <laughs> <laughs> um besides your team did um anyone else uh know about it like any close friends or family or did you generally keep it private no I spoke to like I I mean my friends and family knew but as mainly because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it Mm -hmm. that had done it and it's Mm kind of like educating them at the same time Mm -hmm. because they don't know what egg retrieval is they don't know what medication you're taking or what how it affects you like yeah it was interesting like telling my mom all this stuff and she would like try and google it and learn about it (laughs) (laughs) really good that is so good yeah Um, at least when you told your co-workers they can like cover you like listen I'm going out for a y and you know x y and z like don't worry we got you we got you go go (laughs) they were awesome like that yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's great. And they, our family and friends, they try like ones that haven't been through it in fertility mm-hmm. and they don't know, they try so hard and sometimes, you know, they don't always say the right things or make you feel better yeah, in the moment, but definitely. you can tell that they really do. They really or the do constant, try. Like checking on you, like, cause they know what you're going through, but you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like in the beginning with Al, I didn't know. So I think I offered okay support, but I feel I could have said some shit people say that's really bad. Like I think I might have said a line or two. And then after going through, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's a whole yeah. other world. <laughs> I think back now and things that I've said to people are like, I'm not gonna ask people that anymore. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's just difficult to talk about, right? Like you're mm-hmm. saying, Elise, it makes you teary and cry. And so you don't want to be like that vulnerable and open all the time because behind closed doors when you're not out in the public eye at work or in a grocery store that's what you're thinking about and feeling all the time anyway so it's like sometimes it's nice to just like for myself I went to work and you know I put my uh, like my armor on and nobody knew what I was going through so I could just kind of live Mm -hmm. my day and try to forget about what was actually happening exactly and not be reminded or have to explain the story yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's why work is good while going through this. I found like it it does keep your mind off it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah as much yeah. as you can. <laughs> the Total. distraction is nice, yeah. <laughs> and holidays too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So continue, I saw on your on your story there after you guys you you sort of settled your ovaries down. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, calm the body down. <laughs> And um and then we were booked in for our embryo transfer, um, which was like a, a really simple procedure. I didn't realize how easy that one was going to be, <laughs> in comparison to egg retrieval. Yeah, I thought, oh, okay, this is an easier day. That one you can really do things afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's also that stress of waiting, you know, two weeks as well. To find out if something's happened. Yeah. Were you like us, Elise, the first time they did the transfer? Like you kind of walked as if like you had like gold in like your your belly and just not move. Getting back in the car, like (laughs) (laughs) no subtle movements. Yeah. I think we should, I don't know, should we make a little disclaimer and say like not everyone's experience with an egg retrieval? is yeah. this way yeah, <laughs> most women you know they go for a little snooze and wake up and it's all done you can go to work afterwards and yeah. you're fine yeah yeah but not everyone has experiences like us no. <laughs> and yourself as well that's even uh, even harder yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely but yeah so frozen embryo transfer everything was smooth for that for you <laughs> yes do they, um, does your clinic make you wait after they do the transfer or were they like, you can get up right away and go? No, we could get up and go straight away. I don't think I waited at all. <laughs> I think I was just like, and you're, you're good to go now. So. Yeah. Did you feel rushed? <laughs> I do. I felt that part of the procedure, mm-hmm. um, like it was kind of in you go and out you go. Mm-hmm. Was your husband able to go with you for that one too? Yes, or- he was there for that. I was really lucky yeah yeah oh nice 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 did you do any because you were kind of in the in the TTC community and you know I'm sure you had seen all of the 
things that people do afterwards. Did you participate in any of those? Of course. I think traditions? every single one of anything I found I was doing. <laughs> I did anything. <laughs> um, yeah, pineapple, fries, all of it. <laughs> Socks. Yeah, pomegranate juice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, okay, good to know. Maybe that's an Australian one. <laughs> <laughs> We can start some Australian traditions in Canada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just Googled everything. I was, because I didn't, at, at one stage I did find, end up finding another girl um, on Facebook who was going through, we were almost identical, both polycystic ovaries, um, same clinic. Ooh. Um, so that was really cool. We actually have never met face to face, but we had our um, egg retrieval on the same day, a few hours apart. <laughs> on the same day as well oh, oh my yeah. gosh yeah that was really cool <laughs> um, and we're still friends so that's really nice oh, oh my gosh it's really yeah. like a small world like you're yeah you never know who's like in the same room as you what they're going through and like oh same day yeah, retrieval like, day I, I don't know if i've ever seen her in a waiting room there but you know, like our transfers were only an hour apart from each other and you know we got to talk about that and everything so that was really good yeah that's crazy nice, that's nice yeah. though, that you formed that connection with yeah. someone that really you know gets you because they're like we both had a ohss like it was yeah just bizarre crazy. we're both yeah. the same yeah you can compare because you went to the same clinic you can compare staff like did you talk to that nurse no talk to this nurse yeah. she's better <laughs> the one that took the blood don't see that one like yeah. you know, <laughs> I think she's new see the other lady yeah. yeah that's so good to have especially during this and then you have even someone going to this to the same clinic as you that's even a, a, a plus yes, that was so cool to find her yeah yeah so did you find her um like while you guys were doing your transfer so were you doing the two-week wait together yes yes oh that's nice yeah that was really cool too nice to have someone to vent to when you're having a a hard day right um we both felt exactly the same and do we test early do we like all those kind of things did you end up testing together because that would have been like a whole new connection I think we were both trying to hold out as long as we could each. Yeah. <laughs> see who would crack first. Ah, yeah. That's such a good competition. Yeah. I think I need that, really, because I'm very competitive. So I'm like, for sure, I'm going to win. I'm not going to test at all. I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not competitive either. <laughs> so when did, did you crack? Yeah, yeah, day five. I didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> and yes it was positive oh um, yay it was like the faintest little line it's the first line I've ever seen um <laughs> and I was just over the moon but then you're kind of also like is this real mm-hmm. yeah uh, and is this um you know is this gonna like is this happening like mm-hmm. like an oh kind shit of, moment right yeah <laughs> Yeah, and you and my husband was kind of like, let's just wait till the blood test, you know, to make sure the beta and everything. Mm-hmm. So we're both kind of like, you're still waiting. You're still like, oh, it is very stressful at the same time. But the other girl that I'm 
talking to has exactly the same thing happening with her. So we're both like, this is happening. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's like mirroring. Like, it's just mirror. Yeah, like we still message each other about it all the time. I can't (laughs) believe that happened at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gotta leave it to our husbands as well, right? To be the realistic. Like, mm-hmm. Let's wait for the blood work to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, they... he's definitely like that because I'm just like, oh my God, it's happening. <laughs> he's just like, let's just take a minute. <laughs> yeah. They say that when it's negative and they say that when it's positive. Just wait. Just just wait yeah. for the blood work. <laughs> they are sensible, aren't they? They're sensible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Sometimes>. <laughs> We need it because we're loaded on hormones. So <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So did you, so you had your, your first positive, saw your first line and you were kind of like super excited, but like scared at the same time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yep. And then, so did you test every day up until the blood? When, when do in Australia, when do you guys do the betas? Mm-hmm. 10, 10 day blood test. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was testing, like I had like a, I spent so much money on p- pregnancy tests. Like those, <laughs> yeah. They're all on my bedside table lined up. Like yeah. <laughs> it's a weird little thing that we do. <laughs> they should sell them in big bulks, like big boxes. They should. And pre- I don't know about over there, but pregnancy tests are expensive. They are here too. Yeah. yeah. He's kind Absolutely. of yelling at me like, all right, we know what they say now. Just <laughs> Um, let's just wait till the blood test yeah mm-hmm. so the reason why you have hundreds of dollars on your <laughs> night table displaying your pee <laughs> yeah. look at these pee and sticks. like i've been doing that for like uh, you know ovulation tests i've been doing that for years so he's kind of like you just got little strips of pee everywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely that's what we got to yeah. do. We have to show it off too, right? Yeah, like you got to keep it to so every time you think about it, you're like, yep, I can go <laughs> yeah. back and look. <laughs> yes, exactly. You put it in the, in the, in the bin and then you go back about an hour later to have a quick look at it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So then things, things progressed when you got your, and then you got your beta. Um, yeah. How did kind of the rest of it roll out? Mm-hmm. Oh, just um, a dream. Yeah. It was just like the best thing ever. It, uh, I mean, I you have to take progesterone for another twelve weeks, mm. um, but that was easy because in comparison, you've done all this other hard work. I felt yeah. like okay, this is what I have to do. This is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, did you have like an like an e- I can't say easy pregnancy, but a fairly uncomplicated pregnancy? Yeah, I had a I had a fairly uncomplicated pregnancy. I had um, a bit of gestational diabetes, but that's mm-hmm. quite normal. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else was fairly easy, and I still tell people at the moment that like the hardest struggle for me was the IVF mm-hmm. to go through all of that because mm-hmm. when you are pregnant, or ha- like it's just you got what you want. Like you just kind of are like yes, we're nearly there mm-hmm. yeah. towards the end. Yeah. It's almost like you can see the, you see the goal, right? Yeah. You, you have, yeah. you have, you have the goal inside you, you, yes. it's making everything that you have to do or all that leading up to it worth it. Yeah. The light yeah. of the end of the tunnel. Or... Yeah. And what about your, like your birth? What, how did that go? So that was, um, it, it was leading into COVID getting a bit stressful mm. um, because uh, with IVF pregnancies here, they tend to induce 
um, induce us. So I was induced uh, at 39 weeks, um, but he was actually like my little boy. <laughs> mm. um, he, uh, he was measuring normal size and everything like that, but they still induced me. But at that stage, COVID was ramping up here mm-hmm. and they were doing like a bit of restrictions at the hospital. So my husband mm-hmm. couldn't be there while I was being induced overnight. So I was. What? <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah. No. And then he could only come in for the birth. So when I got moved to a labor ward, then he could come in and he could stay for two to three hours afterwards and then would have to go home. Oh. So, yeah, the restrictions were just insane. Um, but yeah, I was kind of just itching to get out of the hospital afterwards because I just thought, let's just get him home. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so you can be in your own space and feel sort yeah. of safe, right? Yes, definitely. But my so- birth was beautiful. Um, and yeah, I, I afterwards I was just like, yeah, we could do that again. Like, <laughs> I still- <laughs> don't think it was as traumatic as what you build it up in your head to be throughout all of this like how was your relationship with your with your husband like you know the beginning middle even like up leading up to even the birth he has been supportive the whole time mm-hmm. and he said to me even before IVF and like while we're trying he's just like don't stress it's going to happen he's like it's going to happen at some point I don't want you to even like worry about age or anything like that. It's just, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And he like continuously said to me, you know, you're going to get pregnant when you're 30. And like, I took six month break after um, the treatment with the private doctor before we started the IVF. And that yeah. was when I turned 30. Mm-hmm. And then I was 30 when I got pregnant. <laughs> and like how did you know (laughs) you put it out to the universe (laughs) yeah I mean he's been good like he's had to deal with like the hormone monster Mm -hmm. like (laughs) but he's very patient (laughs) yeah I can't complain (laughs) good because sometimes you know dealing with infertility and kind of the struggles right it can really put a strain on people's relationships and I mean, you know, nothing, nobody is perfect. Nothing is perfect, but to kind of get through those rough patches um, yeah. and, or, you know, come out on the other side, it, it really does make you appreciate your, your partner for all that they Definitely. did. Cause even though they're not physically able to go through the same things as you, but them being there to support you is so important. Definitely. Yeah. Well, around the same time I had uh, egg retrieval, he had an accident at work mm. and, um, he works with sores and things like that. So he um, cut off some of his fingers. <gasps> oh my and, goodness. Yeah. So he was in hospital and I was in hospital. Like we were both in hospital at the same time. Like this is not some sort of like weird, like you're in hospital, I'm in hospital thing. <laughs> oh like, no. Is that me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's recovered well and he's got majority of his fingers. But um... <laughs> it's all right. We have a couple extra anyways, I'm sure. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. So we both had like a rough time around the same time, but we're both fully recovered now. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh. <laughs> but yes, I think that also kind of kept our mind off what was going on because we were so stressed about what was going on with him mm-hmm. and looking after him, you know, a big man child having to 
help him out and wash him and look after him and get him dressed. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a bit of a good distraction. That's definitely a distraction for sure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then, so now with your little guy, how, um, how old is he and how is, how is life with a little one? He is now 14 months old. Um, I've actually been sitting here going, oh, I wonder if he's going to wake up. Oh, I'm recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's been good. He's a little teething monster at the moment. So just chewing on everything. Um, but he's beautiful. I and mean, I've just loved being home. Like, I mean, we've been in lockdown for majority of the year. Yeah. Um, so it's just been like me and him just hanging out at home. Aww. And I've been getting to do what I've wanted to do. So, um, yeah. it's awesome and when you say doing what you wanted to do is that life and science or love and science yeah I mean that's been that just came out of nowhere okay 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 you have to tell us the background on how that started and what really like prompted you to to do this and explain a little bit about it too definitely thank you um so while I've been on maternity leave I was um, and we were on lockdown, I was thinking of things I could do and I was thinking about the whole IVF experience and um, everything that we go through and how um, I found so many resources in like America and overseas, like you guys have all those like cool little kitschy things that you can buy and stuff that we don't have here. Like no one's done it here or if you do want it, you have to buy it from overseas to kind of get those cool things that you like all the things that I'm putting in these gift boxes for people um so that's what got me thinking I should make something I had a friend that was about to start IVF and Mm -hmm. I thought I'll make her a little box um and then my friend's sister was like oh my she's going through IVF can you make her a box and then next minute I'm making boxes for (laughs) anyone that needed one and then yeah, so now people are just messaging me and I'm making boxes and they're loving it. I'm having, I'm hearing beautiful stories like you're hearing stories from people. People are messaging me their stories and um, it's kind of like a good healing process as well. Like, you know, yeah. knowing that you're not alone during the whole thing, that other people are doing this as well. Yeah. Um, and just hearing some stories, it's really nice. And even just like... I think with even uh, Ella and I, like doing the podcast and hearing things about how people are listening to it and we're able to make them laugh or we're able to educate them on something. It makes like our wounds and every shit thing that we've gone through, maybe a little worth it. I don't really know, but for a purpose, that's to be purpose. And do you feel that with your boxes, like your care, your care packages? Definitely. And I feel like, um only people that have gone through what we go through understand understand how meaningful these things are yeah yeah and how much they're needed as well like they need to hear your podcast because you know other women like like if I knew your podcast when I was going through IVF I would have been like perfect something to listen to that I can like understand and Mm -hmm. they understand we get it yeah it's really good thing what you're doing you as well you're sharing like smiles and not to mention those inspirational cookies like those look oh, delicious yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm putting in these boxes are like um 
other small local businesses make. So mm. I'm finding like a local lady that makes like heat packs mm. and I put them in there and things that I know like people need. I mean, we need cookies. Yep. Um, so of course. There's a local lady that makes cookies and I just asked her, can you write these things on there? And then she starts Googling IVF things and she learns a bit about IVF. Oh my well. gosh, I love it. I have you, tears in my eyes. Like I'm like creating a whole <laughs> sub community within the community. Yeah. <laughs> like the like... lady that makes the earrings, she went through IVF 10 years ago. Like it's just oh. people have been contacting me going, oh, hey, I make yeah. this. And I'm like, let's add it in. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pop them in there. People oh need it. Let's put them in. It's like infertility so. awareness all around. Love Definitely. it. Yeah. And comfort. Yeah, yeah. comfort. Yeah. And you know, it's a great thing too, because if you know someone who's going through this and you're, you haven't, that is a great way to bring you guys, like bring people together mm-hmm. to yeah. really have that connectedness. Because sometimes with family and friends, like I was saying before, they haven't been through it. They don't get it. So sometimes right. it's difficult, but this way it's like here, okay, I mean, I don't understand what you're going through, but here's something that will help you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or, or like they can be like your mom Elise and just google everything oh these are why they have the socks okay yeah. here's yeah. why there's a notepad okay and then she kind of yeah, understands like, this oh, so this pineapple thing and she just <laughs> <laughs> and learn all about that and it's it's like huh you know someone's learned something today and also can help someone else uh, you know if they need it as well yeah did you actually try the pineapple core at least yes very too sweet for me (laughs) (laughs) i was telling me about it and i was just like i don't know if i could do it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't do it for like the full week i was just like "Mm." i was like i'm just gonna have pineapple juice instead make it a juice (laughs) Same thing. <laughs> like, does that still count? I don't know. <laughs> I think we can make anything count pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Definitely. Um, like my husband would after after you know your egg um, retrieval, and I'd be like, we need to go to McDonald's now. <laughs> it's like I don't get it, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can be like, you had egg, you had McDonald's at egg retrieval. Now it's like egg transfer. It's my turn to have McDonald's. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's great what you're doing. And it. I think even for like ourselves, that giving back, it, not even giving back, because I don't know that I feel like I'm giving back, but just being more a part of it and being a more like an active member within yes. this type mm-hmm. of a community, helping people. It's just, it does something for you. That's just mm-hmm. yeah. unlike anything it does. else. It does. Yeah. yeah. It's really great. So Oh, so I, I love looking at all of the stuff that you, you post on Instagram and your, you. your I try to make and... it bright and colorful because it's like, oh, yeah, plain and boring. Let's make some colorful stuff yeah. for people. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone out there who needs those boxes or knows people that need them? <laughs> love and science. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm um, working on a website for it at the moment. At the moment, I'm just doing everything through DMs, which is a bit hard. <laughs> but, and <laughs> constant messages from people overseas. I'm like, I'm only doing it in Australia at the moment, but they will eventually, hopefully, <laughs> go overseas as well. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if I ever got that package in the beginning, because I was lucky that Al told me all this stuff and she even provided me most of the stuff in the care package. But like to, to others, like, 
it would probably make them feel better. But in your journey, at least, like what kind of things made you feel better or helped you get through um, through through it all? What did I have? I, don't, I seriously, I used a lot of like um, meditation apps, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those kind of like positive, you just want that positive energy. Yeah. It's, I just wanted to really stay in a positive mindset the whole time. I found that very important to me. It was just if I got down in the dumps, I don't know how I would have coped with the whole thing. Yeah. So I just had to keep a positive mind frame the whole time. With And I do that with, like, music and um, definitely I did a lot of meditating, especially towards, like, going straight into IVF. I was just, like, I wanted to get in the zone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah in quotes I just noticed like a lot of the things that you have even the packages are like really nice quotes and some of it's just like yeah it's so true like you know that it's is, like, tough but you're too. tougher yeah that's um I sit on the couch sometimes I'm like oh, I'm gonna add a new quote in today and I'll just <laughs> think of something to write <laughs> um and I found the quote so popular like people resonate and like are reposting those more than any other thing and I thought Oh, they get it. Like, yeah, I felt that too. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the one that really resonates with me is like the like it's a tough road, but you're tougher, and you don't really realize that until like you look back, which was another quote that you had too. Like, you look yes. back, you see how far you come. You're like, yeah, I, I did go through that shit. I did do that. Yes, <laughs> when you like take a step back, even like if you've been doing it for like a few months or a few years. And you're just like, wow, how much I've thought I've accomplished that I, at the very start, was like, I can't, I'm not doing that. Like, yes. uh, there's no way I can do that. And then you come back full circle and you're like, I've done that mm-hmm. and I'm doing more. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, you realize how strong you really are. I think that, I think that's something that we need to maybe like promote our fellow warriors to do more often because in you know in it uh, you know we're still in it um you don't take the time to reflect okay I can't say you don't I didn't and don't take much time to reflect on okay how much have I been through like look how strong I actually am because you're so in it and you're in that place you know that sometimes that low place quite often that you don't look back and I remember somebody suggested to me journaling which I hated, yes. by the way, it didn't work out well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did try. And so I thought, okay, when I'm going to start to journal, what I'm going to do in the beginning is just write down everything I've done. That way I can yeah. remember and, you know, log it all. I, I yeah. had like three pages <laughs> just in the, the procedures and the tests and the bullshits that we've done. And yeah. then that, that point when I actually saw it, like in print in front of me, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, I've done a lot. Yeah. And then yeah. that's when it kind of sunk in. But I don't think that on, I did not on a regular basis reflect back and think, oh, look how strong I am. I'm doing this. Yeah. So it's it's hard to be mm-hmm. in that space. Yeah. yeah. So the reminder yeah. is definitely nice from other people. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even when you were trying to write your or tell us your episodes, Al, your story, you're like, I have pages. Like, how much details am I supposed to go into? I'm like, um, that goes to show all the shit you've been through in the last seven years. Yeah, yeah. I know. Putting seven, <laughs> seven plus years in like two episodes, not going to happen. It's just, yeah. it's impossible, right? Yeah. It, it is. It's hard. Yeah. 
So Elise, what would you like to offer to someone or a tip or advice that is uh, going through this lovely journey? I think like it's important to surround yourself with supportive people um, that can really like cheer you on and um, like someone that always manages to perk you up when you're having a crappy day and you know trying to always stay in a positive mindset is really important as well Mm -hmm. Um, even though that can be incredibly hard I think like just staying positive really helps you um, with your mental health as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was there a quote in your journey that really really like stood out to you that you kept on going back to that like kind of pushed you like yeah it reminds you constantly like you're strong or whatever. Was there a, a quote that you was a go-to? It was like that you got this, like yeah. you can do this. Like I was just like, yeah, got, I got this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I very I got that this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. I mm. think I feel like that sometimes where I'm like, I've got this. I'm so strong. And then you go and you do something like, I don't got it. I don't got it. I don't got it. <laughs> I don't want to do it yeah. anymore. <laughs> you definitely have days where you're just like, I don't know about this today. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like yeah. those movies where you hype yourself up. You're like, yes, I got this. I got this. And then you turn the corner and you bump your head on like a counter or something. <laughs> yeah. It's good. That's it's great advice though, right? Always trying to Hype stay yourself. in that positive mindset. And yeah, if you can come up with like a mantra that you have that you can yeah. say to yourself to, you know, keep yourself kind of in the zone with your mental health, it'll definitely, I, yeah. that will definitely help it's, people. It's sure. very hard to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all you're thinking about mm-hmm. all the time. And you need to, it's kind of like you need to step back from that every now and then and be like, all right, let's look at it, um, but put it away and do some other things for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's super, that is super important for sure. Yeah. yeah. Hyping yourself, being your own hype man. You know, you got yeah. this. Hyping yourself Definitely. up. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself your own pep talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I when I had my other friend on Facebook that we were going through it together, mm-hmm. um, we were like each other's hype person after that because we were e- almost exactly the same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so good. Well, Elise, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It has been a pleasure to hang out with you and learn a little bit more about the Australian way of infertility. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we are really looking forward to your care packages going worldwide. <laughs> we we truly love hearing success stories. It it gives us a strength to help keep moving forward. You know, helps us to refocus on what our goals are, and uh, it's really uplifting. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. And everyone, remember, in any project, including the baby project, you must take things one step at a time. Got a question for us? Or perhaps you would like to share your story and be a guest on our podcast. Feel free to connect with us by emailing us at thebabyproject underscore at outlook.com or DM us on Instagram at thebabyproject underscore. Thanks for listening.